everyone, and welcome into a special episode of the Irish NFL show. It's Colm Cronin here, and today I am delighted to be joined by Catherine Fitzgerald, who is a Bills reporter at the Buffalo News. It's her second season covering the Bills, and previously she covered the Cardinals down in sunny Arizona. Catherine, welcome to the Irish NFL show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, delighted to uh, talk football with you, and, and we will get into that in a moment. But we always like to know, and look, given the the name, um, <laughs> the, the, your your first name, uh, but also your your surname Fitzgerald. I grew up with a host of Fitzgeralds. Do you have Irish heritage? Yes, all of my family is originally from Ireland. Um, my grandparents were all born in the United States, but my great grandparents were all born in Ireland. Um, so a couple different spots, but mom and dad's families both from there um, haven't been over yet, but really hoping to one day. So, but yes, lots of, um, you know, proud Irish heritage in the Fitzgerald family. I, I like that you put in yet. I think that that's important. So yeah, hopefully we will welcome you to this little green island at, at some point. And maybe, you know, before we kind of get into to the bills, and I think that'll probably take up the, the majority of the podcast, given uh, where the bills are, given that that's what you cover. But um, in terms of the, the Cardinals and like how you got started out, when did you start covering the, the cards and, and what was what was your time um, covering that team like? Yeah, it's a great question. I started in 2018. So my first year covering them was when they were three and 13. Um, so I think just, you know, I've been able to see so many different aspects of what it's like to cover an NFL team going from covering a team that went through that. Then there was, you know, they got a new coach, new quarterback, number one draft pick, and now covering the Bills who coming in last year being my first season, they were already established as contenders then. So it's been a big shift over the last um, start, but I was at the Arizona Republic and newspaper in Phoenix covering a bunch of different sports when I ended up mostly covering the Cardinals then. And it was really fun. I loved covering them too, but it's such a cool time to be covering the bills right now. Um, but lots of learning experiences from, you know, seeing what teams are like in such different situations. Yeah. And obviously uh, given that 2018 season, the head coach there was Steve Wilkes and an interesting comparison. I'm a, I'm a big Broncos fan. So we now have a situation where Steve Wilkes comes in as interim coach of the Panthers. Steve Wilkes has four wins this season. Uh, the the, the uh, uh, Denver Broncos have four wins and um, obviously you have the situation with, with the Cardinals. So it will be interesting to see if Steve Wilkes coming in in October ends up with more wins than either uh, Cliff Kingsbury or Nathaniel Hackett. But that is that's something to keep an eye on. A coach who, who doesn't have that uh, worry is obviously uh, Sean McDermott and I know, um, you know, you were you were there last year and obviously the, the 13 seconds that, you know, everyone talks about. But I'm interested, Catherine, in terms of what you saw over the summer as somebody who was covering the team, did did that 13 seconds feature prominently? Was it discussed at all? Was it used as motivation or was it something that they really were able to leave in the rearview mirror once that game was over? 
I think a little bit of in between. Um, it was a bit hard to tell at first since, you know, locker room access still was what it was after the game and then even training camp a little different. But, you know, I one of the things I found most informative was not long after the game, I think um, maybe just the day after, two days after the end of season press conference for Sean McDermott was when he was talking about how you do have to draw an experience like that to move forward, to grow, to learn. And so I don't think it's quite the, you know, Hollywood style rallying cry of, you know, printing it out everywhere and reminding people that way. But I think it is still, it has shaped the team. Um, Buffalo as a franchise, so much of their history is about getting close and not quite getting there. And then how do you build on that instead of just letting it derail a team to letting it, you know, strengthen some things, do the football moves you need in the off season to better your team. Um, but when they played Kansas city earlier this season, obviously there were so many questions to players, coaches about it. And they kind of downplayed it of just like, no, like this is a new year, new matchup, but I think it's still, you know, whatever comes next, I think it is something they will look back to of that's something we had to get through after just like a heartbreaking loss to the season for those guys. So I think it's kind of in between. Uh, and, and I suppose alongside that dealing with that 13 seconds, the there were significant changes to the coaching staff. So obviously, and not just the coaching staff, because I guess you, Joe, Joe Shane moved, but Dable and Joe Shane go uh, down uh, to the, the Giants and obviously have been enormously successful thus far there. I'm interested because so often we see, you know, um, kind of coaches move on and and sometimes it doesn't work out in that transition it obviously has for Dable or or they move on and they are successful and then it impacts massively on the the team that they left but given that level of change you know it would seem that the the bills have been able to to really move forward you talked about it I'm moving on from the 13 seconds but being able to move on from a coach with the quality of Dable and I suppose an assistant GM in Joe Shane who is widely respected around the league and very highly thought of and we can see very competent job in terms of the moves he's had to make for the Giants the mess he sort of inherited there and had to deal a lot to trim the cap and obviously has had to move around a lot in terms terms of the injuries that they have can you talk to me a, a little bit around how the the bills have done such a good job of being able to manage that transition yeah I think what the Giants have been able to accomplish this season when you know like you mentioned they kind of inherited a really hard situation walking into it as a testament to to Brian Dable Joe Shane what they are both able to do and obviously losing that in Buffalo could have been a big void. Um, I still, you know, I think they're still figuring some things out. I'll mostly talk from the OC side on Ken Dorsey starting um, his first year as offensive coordinator. But I think part of what made the transition smooth was just that continuity of, you know, he had been here in Buffalo for a few years, had such a great relationship with Josh Allen. Josh lobbied for him um, even before Brian Dable was officially gone when kind of the signs were there that Dable would be taking an opportunity, most likely somewhere else. Josh basically said like, yeah, I, I know who I would like to be next. I've made that known. Um, 
of course, the team's going to give Josh Allen's opinion consideration how the offense should be run. Um, and I do think, you know, there are times where it feels like maybe Ken Dorsey's still working through some things and, you know, we've seen some frustration from that in fans, but you turn around and the team has 11 wins. They've clinched a playoff berth. Um, I think because they had those blowout wins early in the season, you know, over the Rams, the Titans, the Steelers, that people were kind of like, oh, they're going to win every game by like X amount of points. And they've had a bit of a lull lately where they're still winning games to be clear, but it hasn't been as lopsided as before. Um, but I think, you know, that doesn't mean that they're not doing well. Obviously there's been a lot of stuff that I think has made a really complicated year for Ken Dorsey that he's had to navigate, you know, Josh Allen's injury when you're coming into your first year as play caller, your quarterback's injured, you're making multiple game plans because of that. Um, a couple later is your couple weeks later, you're making multiple game plans because of the weather. Uh, you know, these things happen to any team, but I think there was just kind of a lot thrown at Ken Dorsey early. Um, and he's still kind of, you know, putting his fingerprint totally on the team. Some of the stuff is carried over from last year of how do they best balance, you know, getting more out of their run game outside of Josh Allen to make this offense more dynamic. Um, but I think still, you know, even if he's still making some tweaks again, their record says a lot right there. Um, and so I think his continuity, his relationship with Josh Allen and even other guys on the offense too, has been such a huge boost for this team. And just on Josh's injury, because one never knows, right, in the NFL, so, sometimes, you know, the, the reports that we hear are entirely accurate, and it is the situation is the situation. But I think fans have probably been burned a few times with different teams coming out and maybe teams downplaying injuries and certainly maybe questions about the Stafford and, and the Rams and um, the way in which we've seen that play out. Like, is how how much is the elbow injury impacting on Josh uh, as somebody who you know it sees him pretty much every day? Is you know we we see him on, on a Sunday and we see him go uh, hurtling headlong into to tackles, but like, is it impacting the way in which he um, is able to practice? So he was actually back to limited for the first day of practice this week, which he's been a full participant for quite a while. Um, and I don't think that's anything super alarming at this point. I think it's more, you know, every now and then when we're talking to him about navigating the injury, he'll mention how this is just part of the NFL. Like every guy's probably a little more hurt than they're really letting on just in the sense of what this sport does to your body. Um, and he's been candid that it's, it's something he just has to, not let dictate how his practice week looks, but be more aware of it. Um, you know, maybe take back a few, just like throwing around for fun for a little bit or something like that for, I don't know, a more random example. He basically was saying a bit ago that just, he has to be aware of it and manage it and he'll be dealing with it probably for a while. Um, even if it's not showing a direct impact on the field necessarily, I mean, I always think back to his throw two plays after he heard it. it was ridiculous. They ended up losing that game to the Jets, of course. But as far as also just everything he can do on the field, you know, I don't think there's 
you mentioned his hurdles and stuff like that. Like you see the way he puts himself out there physically of just laying it all out there. And there hasn't been a change in that, which I think points to a healthy sign of the injury of it's not making him second guess his own abilities um, across many different ways of how he's so effective on the field. So, you know, I think it's something to keep an eye on, um, but they escaped what could have been a much more devastating injury, uh, even based off just a couple of days after it of wondering what exactly is he going to need here, um, you know, to not miss any game time and to still be doing well at this point in the season, I think is really good considering what it could have been. Yeah, absolutely. And in a season where it seems like it seems like I don't have data, I'm interested to see if we get any, but it feels like there are more QB injuries than possibly ever before. Obviously, Jalen Hurts now sitting out, you know, Russell Wilson has, has missed time. We could we could go, go through some teams down, obviously, on their third, the Rams possibly onto their, their fourth QB at, at this point. And one of the other players who, you know, came in big splash was Vaughn Miller. Um, I'm very well aware of Vaughn. I've had the good fortune uh, to talk uh, to Wade Phillips and, and hear how Wade, you know, a guy who has coached the, the best of the best and talks about Vaughn up in the, the pantheon of the, the greats. Obviously, he was brought in for his pass rushing ability and probably the Bills hoped. I mean, Vaughn really loves those January and February games. But did we see a little bit on Sunday um, where with the Dolphins, because maybe what, from my perspective, maybe Vaughn and not everyone, if you don't see him all the time, Vaughn is so good at setting the edge and he's so good as a, as a run defender. And that's not what he gets paid for. But is that obviously having an impact? Is that something that the, the Bills might be a little bit concerned about? Is the fact that the, the Dolphins seem to be able to move the ball so effectively on the ground? Or was that just the case that Dolphins have such speed that any team is going to struggle? I think it's a combination of all that. The run defense in that game against the Dolphins, you know, it's something we've been talking about following up more with players and coaches this week because it's not the standard the Bills want. I mean, they entered the game fourth ranked run defense in the league and then got gashed. Um, I do think the Dolphins personnel and the way they attack the Bills is a big part of it. But to start first with Vaughn, I mean, it is a huge loss. They they very specifically brought him in for a reason. Um, kind of two reasons of both what he can do on the field, but then also for him to be a mentor to these younger players, for them to learn from him. And I think some of what we're seeing now, you know, those guys, uh, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Vanessa, were all looking to take a big step this year anyway. And I think that coincided with Vaughn getting here of they're all, you know, taking steps, but also he's here to kind of speed that up in some cases. Um, and so, you know, never want to lose a guy like Von Miller, what he can do on the field kind of speaks for itself. But I think they're still finding some solace in the fact of here are some other ways he helped guys while he was playing with them. Here's what he's doing in meetings right now to keep relaying that knowledge to his teammates to kind of be that sponge both ways of like they're soaking it in. Um, and being able to learn more from him just from having him around the facility. So that doesn't, you know, totally make up for what he can do on the field. You mentioned he loves the playoffs. He has those big moves. And Brandon Bean, the Bills general manager, was 
honest when they were talking about bringing him in of, you know, we're signing him for these big moments to be a game changer when we've been so close, but just, we're not quite there. Um, all that being said, I think the way the run defense looked against the dolphins is a little hard to take too much from. Um, I found it so interesting post game of Mike McDaniel basically saying like, yeah, we had to just get them in single safety. We plan to attack them this way. Um, even just looking how the dolphins played from week three, when they had that tight win over the bills to what they did this time of their adjustments to very directly be like, we've got the receivers that they're going to have to account for. How can we go about this separately? So I think other teams, unless they have, you know, I don't think it'll be something that the Chicago bears coming up can copycat the same way and be as effective as the dolphins. Um, so it's something they really want to correct, but I think there were a few reasons why the Miami Dolphins specifically were able to best capitalize in that situation. Um, but all that being said, towards the end of the game, they got some of those stops that they needed a bit more. So just making those corrections faster. Yeah, um, absolutely. And look, as you said, the I mean, the wins that the Bills have gotten in the manner, yeah, they they are blowing teams out maybe like they, they did last year. I think last year in the, the regular season was it three or four games where the Bills put up 40 plus points and, and this year it's it's one. But at the same time, the, you know, I don't think anyone um is going to want to to play the, the Bills, particularly if they get that number one um seed. And right now it, it looks like probably a fight between the the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals coming up there. I mean, um, who who knows? Given the the end of the the year and the, the schedule, but in terms of when you look at the remaining games on the the schedule for um the the Bills, like is is the the expectation? And obviously, there are some concerns around the the weather. I think uh, this weekend yet again. Uh, yeah. it's, seems to be impacting but it would the expectation be for the bills that like they've got the number one seed they 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 should realistically hold on to it at this point um I think if they you know don't let up it's theirs it's more when you look at the remaining schedule for both the bills and for Kansas City Kansas City's got an easier stretch from here to the end of the year uh the bills playing the Bengals in Cincinnati on Monday night, I think will be a really interesting game. They end the season with the Patriots, which these are not the Patriots of the last few years, last few decades, really, that had the Bills number. But I think still those divisional games can always, you know, that's where guys really show up. And so, you know, the Bears game too, I, on paper, absolutely, they should beat the Bears. But you mentioned the weather is just going to be weird. Um, the wind is supposed to be pretty crazy. And I think just the temperature too, I'm, I'm glad I won't be outside for it. Um, all that being said, you know, it's their, they control their destiny at this point, which is a really good spot to be in. Um, I do think again, their schedule is a little tougher than Kansas city's, but super possible, um, and doable just for them to keep going this way and lock up that number one, which would make a huge difference. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with you that it it is that the Chiefs should have an easier um, run in, and I say that as a Broncos fan, we have to face <laughs> the Chiefs. But I think what's interesting is that generally, and I would say the same, like divisional matchups, kind of anything can happen. But then you you look at the AFC West and the fact that Chiefs have absolutely dominated my Broncos, and the fact that the Raiders have been disappointing obviously got that um hilarious end to the game uh, uh last uh last weekend but you know you can't say that the, the Raiders have delivered on maybe what we expected in the you know before the the season began and I'm interested in like because the the AFC West might be the most disappointing division in um the the entirety of the league given what people had expected um you know and really thought um that you know there would be some explosive games but the the you know we could probably make a case that the AFC East and the NFC East are two of the the most intriguing um in, you know in in ways and for the AFC East obviously you have seen the divisional opponents up close um the the Patriots as you mentioned are not what they once were and obviously Bill Belichick made that somewhat baffling decision not to not to just not name an offensive coordinator because he's done that in the past but he always had an offensive of mind calling plays it was Bill O'Brien or it was Josh McDaniels they just he wanted them to earn the title of OC but this time he's decided to go with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia but also we've seen Mike McDaniel come in um, to the Dolphins first time first year head coach been very impressive and obviously the the Jets uh, the defense has been really good the offense leaves a little bit to, to be desired but what are your thoughts on the the A, your AFC East opponents, and um, if uh, if one of them is more likely to to make the the playoffs in a, in a wild card behind the Bills, is that likely to be the Dolphins or the Jets? Yeah, it's a great question because it's been a fascinating division to see kind of what's happening this year. I think some of it is more oh, I'm so interested in this now. I wonder what it'll look like a year and a half from now. Um, I've maybe been the most surprised of the group by the Jets. Um, obviously, you know, haven't totally gotten to where they want, but I they made a bigger jump than I thought that defense in particular. I think that's going to continue to cause problems for the rest of the division for quite a few years when you look at how they've developed that roster, who they've brought in. It's a really strong defense. And I think they're doing a lot of things well there. That being said, when you have some, when you don't have clarity at quarterback, that kind of makes everything so much harder. So I find their trajectory. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen next as far as will they be able to solve what's going on at QB with Zach Wilson? Um, If not, what goes from there and how long does it take, you know, that to kind of catch up to what the defense is doing for this team right now. Um, the Dolphins even, I think, I knew they were going to be better this year, but I'm impressed with kind of how quickly they have looked so improved and how they've, um, you know, just kind of the ways they've gone about that. So I think they're a dangerous team, um, you know, assuming they'll make it in. I think in the playoffs, they can really make some noise there just the way they've been able to have those big plays sometimes. So, um, and then the Patriots, yeah, um, kind of surprising. I watched that last play again, as you mentioned against the Raiders 
I couldn't stop watching it. It was just, you know, I think also I, I had covered Chandler Jones before, so it was, you know, cool to see him in the mix there, but um, it is an interesting division right now, even with the bills kind of set where they're at of just what's going to happen behind who's going to make that push to catch up and probably faster than maybe a lot of people anticipated of, um, you know, the bills totally dominant part is now being picked at. Yeah. Well, once you ascend to the, the throne, I guess everyone is going to come to, to have a go with you. Um, I, I suppose, um, you know, just as we uh, come to towards the end, um, Catherine, just interested in, and look, it's a long way away, but if the Bills were to make uh, a Super Bowl, um, obviously, uh, I can only imagine what the, the, the Bills Mafia will absolutely take over Arizona. But in terms of the NFC side of things, um, is there... Um, you know, the, the Eagles sit at top at the moment, but we have the uh, news about Jalen Hurts and, you know, how how that will impact them and how he's obviously done a great job of putting the roster together. You have the 49ers defense, which has been so dominant and, and essentially goes out and, and bullies the, the opposition. Do you think it's um, between those two or could you see... The, the Cowboys, is, is it a case with the Cowboys that they're just complacent and that like they're kind of, you know, waiting for, for the, the playoffs? Or do you, do you think realistically, um, you know, the well, look, we know the AFC was scheduled, was always talked about being the more difficult, certainly seems to be playing out that way. But just interested on the your thoughts on the NFC side of things. Yeah, it's, I think, a good question for sure. Just even some of the NFC matchups that have come through this season um, against the Bills of, you know, getting a chance to see where some of these teams are at. Um, the Jalen Hurts part is so significant. I've got a lot of family in Philadelphia, too, so I know they're very stressed out right now. Um, but I've been so impressed with what the Eagles have done, just uh, kind of what you mentioned, too, not just on the field, but the way they go about constructing a team. Um, so yeah, I think the NFC side of things, I, the 49ers. Yeah. I, there are so much they do. Well, I think I've also just seen enough weird 49ers games that sometimes I'm still like, Oh, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I kind of feel that about the NFC West at large of like, what's, how are we going to figure everyone out? Um, and then, yeah, I think there's also been a lot of interesting discussion just around the Vikings, um, who had a very dramatic game too, of just, you know, their record, their point differential, like who exactly are they? Um, obviously they did have that win over the bills. One of the nuttier games of this season, just in how much happened late, but that felt a bit more self-inflicted of, um, you know, how it played out at the end for the bill. So, yeah, I think a lot of it really comes down to what exactly this injury means for Jalen Hurts, um, since I, I would say they're the strongest. Yeah, and it will be interesting. I mean, in terms of the bike, absolutely. Um, they and, and once you're in the dance, you know, you, you never know. I think uh, both of the the last couple of occasions, obviously under Eli Manning, when the Giants found their way into the, the playoffs, they were the sixth seed uh, and they went on to 
defeat the undefeatable Patriots, obviously. So one never knows how it uh, might uh, play out. And look, that's one of, the, one of the reasons why we love this sport. Uh, Catherine, um, just before uh, we, we finish up, um, really enjoyed chatting to you. If our listeners on this side of the Atlantic want to find more of your stuff, where can they go to do that? Yeah, so everything I write is on buffalonews.com. Um, and then I'm on Twitter. Uh, my handle's at kfitz134. Um, I tweet a bunch, so you can always find me online. Absolutely. And some uh, incredible uh, snow, snow uh, flurries and snow pictures, stuff we don't get, uh, unfortunate, <laughs> fortunately, over here. So I uh, would recommend checking out Catherine's both her written stuff and following her on Twitter. So all that remains is to say thanks to you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you so much. It was so fun to be on. And yeah, if you guys ever need snow, we've got extra here. We'll send it y'all's way. <laughs>